When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Give it to me! Give it to me! I'm Molly Wood. I'm Tom Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you, where even though a steady stream of things got us through low these many months Mm. of darkness and hermitude, we are opening up. We are opening ourselves to the world like little butterflies on wings, and oh my goodness, the stream of things is now a raging river! Man, we record on Sunday morning, and and Molly gets reverential, (laughs) delivers the sermon, like it. It's really, you're right. You're right. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> yes, thanks for being here. Uh, I'm going to start off with dessert. Uh, I, I promise at some point I'll stop doing dessert things. <laughs> uh, but but this one's definitely definitely out there, and I think growing. Uh, it is the traditional Filipino take on shave ice, hollow hollow, spelled H A L O dash H A L O. When we were on vacation in Hawaii, uh, there were several chains featuring it in their ice cream slash shave ice shops. Uh, and uh, a quick Google search shows that there's like a celebrity chef who included it in their recent cookbook that was hollow hollow with tequila. Once you start adding booze to a dessert, I think that qualifies it for thing status, no? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it means that it's it's gotten enough penetration mm-hmm. that people are like, hmm, how can we spice this up? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and Hollow Hollow uh, is is it, I, I I'm familiar with it for a long time because my wife's Filipino, so she introduced it to me a long time ago. But it's different, right? It's it's not just shave ice. It also has like a cream in it, like a milky uh, cream, and it's got uh, little fruit bits and jelly bits and red beans, which I know sounds weird, but it works. It's great. Would it be? Yeah, I am. I'm trying to formulate how to say this, but I think that I'm going to say that boba tea mm. has originated mm-hmm. a spread of like similar desserts. I right, right, right. It, it like has more Filipino food, more sort adapted, of like Japanese and Chinese. Yeah sweets like it sort of feels like maybe that was the gateway drug for americans to try Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. different types of yummies i think that's brilliant yeah uh it 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 originated uh a trend towards uh being okay with things in your stuff for for a long time (laughs) the u.s palate is like i don't like things in my stuff uh but boba was like oh these tasty pearls of tapioca are okay things in my stuff Oh, that has things in its stuff? Well, Boba wasn't so bad. Maybe I'll try things in that stuff as well. Right. Whereas if you like jump straight from vanilla ice cream to hollow hollow, you're 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 probably gonna have a little bit of a culture shock. Right, exactly. But now it's like you can sort of get you can be like, Oh, okay, the beans are super tasty and sweet. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there are different kinds of, of fruits in the world, jackfruit and lychee. Like mm-hmm. I feel like boba tea plus every frozen yogurt shop 
that convinced a kid to try lychee. Because certainly in the Bay Area, at least, right. lots and lots of little white kids are like, oh, yeah, I love lychee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is <laughs> so new. Then it, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that there's I'm going to I'm going to go all the way to Boba for that and say, great. Awesome. Let's expand the palette because there are so many yummies out there. And also, I have been seeing more references to Halo Halo. So, yeah, I'm totally with you. Not just yeah. in Hawaii. Keep an eye out for it, uh, especially uh, those of you away from the West Coast, <laughs> because right. that's kind of the signal uh, is when it breaks out of the neighborhood. And West Coast tends to get a Asian, uh, broadly speaking, Asian oriented foods uh, first. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. One thing that I just discovered that apparently is not a new thing, but only a new thing that to me and maybe only a very specific lo- new thing actually to me is date shakes. Which I think is like a Southern California Palm Springs, very specific Palm Springs thing. Like, do they grow oh, this dates is a food, down there? Not a yeah, not a new service. Okay. Oh no, sorry, no, it's a food. Medjool dates. So we're staying on the topic. That's a, a, a for a second. I was like, oh, we're on to a new thing. Date shakes. <laughs> what are the like? I got the Tom's date like, shakes. I don't see this in the rundown. The pandemic is over, and I'm on an actual date. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. this is a what? shake with yes. dates. The the fruit in it. Yeah, got it. Made out got of it. like Medjool dates. Yeah, and, that sounds good. And apparently it is very specifically a Palm Spring thing, Palm Springs thing or a California thing. Mm-hmm. Like Bon Appetit from 2016. I looked it up. I didn't make it a thing because like the Bon Appetit thing that I found was from 2016. So I'm like, yeah. OK, apparently like, this was like it's been around sort of became a thing and then went away. But yeah, mm-hmm. evidently California date shake from Sunset Magazine. Just literally sweet dates and ice cream blended together. Yum. A localized thing then, right? It's still it's still happening out there in Palm yeah. Springs near the date farms. Alpha there was James a whole a entire in what town was it? Nyland? No. Brawley? In Brawley. Mm. Just like a big old place that just said date shakes. <laughs> like that was the entire purpose of this business. <laughs> still sounds like being nervous about going out. I got the date shakes. (laughs) Also, a thing that you get. Okay, anyway, that wasn't my thing. Um, But my thing was a thing that I had actually noticed, which was like a gaggle of of young women, like preteen girls, all dressed identically. And then, as usual, the Wall Street Journal immediately delivered uh, to explain what, in fact, they were wearing, which is this these little frilly dresses and Mm -hmm. miniskirts. From a store called Love Shack Fancy. Ah, okay. So this is a branded thing. It is a branded thing. But it's I, the only reason I brought it up is because it's so noticeable among, especially in Southern California, all these different girls. And it is so cottagecore. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, this looks like, it actually reminds me of, um, oh, shoot. Uh, now I'm blanking on the name of the Japanese, uh, the Tokyo neighborhood, uh, with all the Harajuku Harajuku. Yeah. It's got a little, little hint of Harajuku to it. It feels like it does. It actually kind of does. Yes. And it's extremely, I mean, the store is, it just looks God awful to me. Like the store is like (laughs) cottage core. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gone to There's a lot of flowers in that store. If you like flowers, this is going to be your thing. It's all roses, like it's it's borderline Victorian. Yeah, it really is. In its look. You know, and, and, it just, and, and in this uh, new world of policing everyone's language, uh, that is very Victorian. So it's not uh, surprising that Victorianism would come back in some other form. <laughs> Actually, very true. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just a really like it's a very I feel like it's like preteens definitely all dress alike. That's a thing. They're all now trying to get these. These are the, you know, I don't know what in my day would have been guest jeans, mm-hmm. whatever it is, like expensive, trendy thing that you want your parents to buy for you, but you can't actually afford because it's like a, you know, $250 skirt or something insane like that. But it just is like the the cottage core. And I don't know which came first, the cottage core egg or the Love Shack mm. fancy chicken. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but just this is this is it. This is going to be our look now. So friends, if you have been wanting to shop for something, just make sure it looks kind of like this. Because it's just taken over. Co- a couple of over. things this makes me think of. One is, uh, do you remember the the Teddy uh, the Teddy scene in in like late sixties, early seventies, where everybody, uh, young people, were dressing up in Edwardian fashion with like frilly coats and stuff for a short period of time. Oh wow, no, yeah, yeah, the, a piece of history. Look, you can look that up, but it was like pr- kind of predated the punk scene. Like a lot hmm. of the the folks in the Teddy scene moved into the punk scene later on in the decade, and it reminds me of that, where it's like, oh. Let's take something that to us is so old that it's history and make it cool again. And make it cool again. Yeah. yeah. This definitely has that vibe. There's evidently a ribbon bar. What it also reminds me of the sort of evolution of like the the American girl doll yes. situation where you'd go yeah. into the store and you'd make it all super fancy. Yeah. And this was you go in and there's a ribbon bar and then you mm-hmm. get the trimming so that you can personalize it. I mean, it's like those little Crocs things. Except that you have to apparently wear these with some kind of sneakers that I'd never even heard of also. Yeah, what's the, the sneakers goose. thing is not very Victorian, but okay, fair enough. Right. But it was uh, kind of funny because they interviewed this. I mean, what is likable about it is that it's very sweet. It's a very sweet look and it has sneakers. Like these girls are not going to like ruin their backs immediately. Yes, right. There's no corset, no high-heeled shoes. It's very yeah. comfortable. And there was this, they quoted this hysterical like fashion um, writer, I guess, who's who's clearly... Of the Gen X boomer age. And I want to hang out with her immediately. She basically was like, it's great because at least they don't look like these little skanks. <laughs> She's like, I I'm mean, not horrified by that's this. That's true, right? It's not yeah. overly revealing. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty, but it's not necessarily like over sexualizing. I don't body think. Con, is it? Right. It's yeah. not like midriffs galore. Yeah. It's just kind of sweet i mean the, the skirts are short but she, but she is she's <laughs> this woman oh my god she goes this is an actual quote printed in the wall street journal i used to feel horrified when my 18 year old was more of a tween and wearing those bcbg bandage dresses that look sprayed on i used oh, to wow. say four going on whore mm. wow <laughs> that's a that's a phrase <laughs> i know i mean i want to have a drink right with this lady <laughs> no kidding go uh, make fun of this store but just know that when you see this, you're going to be like, aha, yep. The uh, the other thing this makes me realize is that Love Shack Fancy is a product of what we've been talking about on It's a Thing and in other places for a long time, which is stores becoming experiences. Like if you want yes. to stand out, your store has to be more than just a place with a bunch of racks of clothes. Uh, yeah. and a ribbon bar and and the fact that you walk in and this looks like a tea house right like mm-hmm. this this looks like a, a destination in and of itself uh yeah no absolutely yeah. yeah i think that's what i liked about this as a thing is that it's so many things coming together it's mm-hmm. all of it is exactly that plus cottage core plus this personalization trend yep 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 in we an had- explosion of rows 
<laughs> so much rose. <laughs> a rose bomb just went off and made this store mm-hmm. even prettier. We had a notary come to our house yesterday, uh, which because uh, we're, we're selling something, condo. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the notary uh, used to be, if you needed a notary, you'd just send a, a, an email to all at your place of work. <laughs> Um, but not in these days, uh, in these days, you can't even like drive to the notary place. They send it to you. That, that, that's a pandemic era thing. Like notary will come to you. And so we got an email that had said like COVID protocols will be followed, you know, blah, 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 blah. So when the notary showed up at our house, I threw on a mask, even though I'm fully vaccinated and we're, you know, as of June 15th, California's fully open. I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just being safe. So I opened the door and the notary's standing there and she's got a mask in her hand and she's like, oh, you're wearing a mask. I'm like, oh, but I'm fully vaccinated. So if you're cool, I'm cool. She's like, yeah, I'm cool if you're cool. And I'm like, okay, take my max off. Come on in. And we everybody was fine. But that is a new current thing, which is the mm-hmm. mask negotiation, right? Oh, I'm going in the grocery store. It says if I'm fully vaccinated, I don't have to wear a mask. But it uh, looks like everybody else in there has one on. So I'm just going to throw it on so I don't have to have a conversation about it. Oh, nobody right. in this place has a mask on. Great. I'm going to leave mine off because, again, don't want to have a conversation about it. Right. Or I'm just going to not or and then I've also noted this noted this sort of bifurcation of like the businesses that are clearly making all their employees still wear masks because Mm -hmm. some customers will feel more comfortable if they're wearing masks. But most of the customers aren't, which feels really unfair. Totally. Yeah. No. (laughs) For these poor people who have spent all this time. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. The mask negotiation, like when your friends come over for the first mm-hmm, time and you haven't mm-hmm. seen them and it's like, yep. are we on? Are we are we off or on? They are show up cool? with the mask on. And I'm if like, you're not cool, I'll, I'll, I'll adapt. You know, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be. And I really do think that we are going to be in this sort of like mushy middle for so many months, certainly in places where mask wearing is consistent. Like there, there are the places where it was like never really happening anyway. And so you won't notice the difference. But, you know, in in places where mask wearing was pretty more common than not, this kind of negotiation and just like what's going to happen with stores and what's not going to happen in hotels uh, is going to go on forever. Yeah. Uh, On our vacation, we got used to wearing the mask in the elevator and pretty much not anywhere else <laughs> because yeah. it wasn't required in the other places. We'd, we'd put it on to go into a restaurant. That That's one of the weirdest things. Like, you must have a mask to enter this restaurant. Great. Okay, I've come in. Okay, here's your food. Take your mask off and eat. When you're done eating, right. take your mask back on. Like, I mean, I get it. I understand the logic that bring, brings us there, and it's about limiting exposure. But at some point, you're like, is this really doing anything? But I guess it is. Oh, yeah, no. I'm not. I mean, I will tell you, like, and I'm not trying to be strident or difficult. Except that I kind of am. I'm like, hey, there was a reason that I got this vaccine. There has to be a reason. And if at this point we're talking about statewide policy, federal federal guidance from the CDC and the science, that is the trifecta of I'm not wearing my damn mask. Uh, It's another homily. Another homily on this day, on this Sunday recording. Uh, (laughs) Preach it, Molly Wood, because I was saying the exact same thing to Eileen yesterday. It's like, look, I I don't I'm not going to judge anyone else. But for me, I followed the the best advice available as it changed, as we learned new things like you don't need to wear a mask. Okay, I won't. Oh, wait, you know what? This is more airborne than we thought. Better wear a mask. Okay, I will. All right. Mm-hmm. Now we found if you're fully vaccinated, you probably don't need to wear a mask. Great. I won't. Right? Like, yeah, 
I'm not going to. And you know what? I'm to the point now where if you're uncomfortable, I understand. I respect mm. that. It's your comfort that you have to deal with. Yeah. Like, I am not going to do this for you. I'm not going to get you there. I'm just not. Although I, I did everything I, am, I was supposed to do. I am going to throw on the mask at the grocery store until everybody else has got it off. Cause I, you know, it's going to be a game of chicken to see who pulls it off. I think in my neighborhood, cause everybody else is like, I don't want to get in an argument with that lady. So, <laughs> but they're not telling you to, are they? No, it says on this, uh, it says mask supposed to be worn unless you are fully vaccinated. Right. Oh, well then, yeah, I'm not wearing it. Well, the, uh, that I need you to do that. So that right. you can have the conversation with the person who's like, why aren't you should be wearing a mask anyway? Because there's that person there. And oh, I'm, I know. I'm too busy. I'll, I'll put the mask on the, to avoid that. I do think that the um, the Bay Area still may win for discourse, if not rational behavior. Somebody, my brother sent me a thread the other day from Reddit where someone said, I just got called a Republican in downtown San Francisco because I was outside not wearing my mask. Yeah. See, th- and that's where Can it's like, anyone... man, this should never have become a symbol of your, of your beliefs. Well, <laughs> this, yeah, this no. is just, this is just washing your hands. Uh, this is, this is just putting a bandaid on a cut. Like, yeah, uh, it's too, too late. Absolutely. Sadly, that's where, where it went. But uh, I, know, I totally. have tried to but... always look at it that way and not as some kind of flag that I'm waving. Oh, without a doubt. But what what was so interesting about the thread is that the person then was like, can anyone educate me on what the current status of the, you know, mask wearing is supposed to be? And then there were like lots of nice responses. And then people were like, you know, I think that everyone's feeling, I mean, basically a version. I, I say this partly too, to reinforce the thingness of the mm-hmm. mushy middle, because it was a version of the conversation that I have now had with every single person I've encountered, friends, family, everybody like, well, yeah, I mean, if you want to wear it, fine. Like, but does it have to be my problem to die? And what, what makes people feel comfortable? And at what point it is, is it no longer my freaking responsibility to make people feel comfortable? Because yeah, yeah. like, again, trifecta of safety and, um, all of that is a long way of saying, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. And, and people were really nice about it on Reddit. So good job. On, honestly, that that's a thing in For itself that. right yeah. there. People being nice on Reddit about it. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I know that no matter what any individual of us do, just human nature is that this, you know, unless the, the virus crops back up again and starts infecting people. But if everything goes as we all hope and it looks like it is, this will go away, you know, and, yeah. and maybe mask wearing as a sort of like, oh, no, I'm sick. And I don't want to infect you. That might stick around. I can see. I can see myself doing that. Where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm no, wearing, I'm wearing masks because I got a cold. Ever when yeah. I fly for the rest yeah, of yeah, my yeah. life, I am never flying again without a mask. I am, you know, like yes, if I'm sick, I'm going to wear a mask. Like I believe that they are now part of our like lexicon and wardrobe. I feel like hundred percent that will probably stick around. But the rest of this, like the, the negotiation thing that I'm talking about in my thing today, right. that will fade. Might be a month. Uh, totally. Might be six. I don't know. Could be yeah. longer, but it'll. It's fade. just gonna. It's. It will be like it's a question of trust and safety, and I. I fully one million percent respect everybody's level of comfort and choice. Mm-hmm. One million percent. Totally. But it's all. It, but it is a negotiation, and all of those feelings are different, and they differ person to person, and that's what makes it this kind of like strange moment we're in, where it's like I, I don't. I'm. I'm not there yet, or I am there yeah. yet, or. Yeah. We all totally. have to drive at our own speed down this we road. Do. We do. And steer in whatever way we may. I realized I basically bought this like romantic tween dress thing and then car culture. (laughs) Hey, nothing wrong with that. My last thing for today is uh, apparently the new thing in either because you know how like 
electric cars are becoming more common, yep. but also still have to sort of and look a little more like normal regular cars, but they have to signal somehow that they're kind of different, as mm-hmm. do like race cars and supercars. And a way that they are evidently starting to signal this is with steering wheels that aren't round. While they still exist, steering wheels must stand out. <laughs> they must change. Steering wheels must look more like game controllers as your... <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that <laughs> Model S looks like an airplane steering column, like a yoke. Yeah, exactly. Which is in... That's in the, the, the new Model S, I think, and also the Plaid, which is like their sort of pseudo supercar deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the new BMW iX electric is uh, has this kind of squarish hexagonal steering wheel. And there are kind of like other cars that it seems to really be supercars and also electric cars, which actually kind of makes sense because the interior is not unlike a video game since there's like nothing else in there in the dash except for like a big old screen and maybe some control buttons. And then you've got this steering wheel that's like, okay, it doesn't have to be around, I guess. But I don't know what happens to 10 and 2. Like, how do you even teach kids how to drive anymore? <laughs> if there's no, t- if it's like all you've got is 6 and 9. I guess you have, yeah. I guess you have 10. Don't you? I guess Wait. you kind of have 10. Yeah. Like in I the you IX, and- you still have 10 and 2. Yeah. Wait, no, no, you're missing 10 and 2. On yeah, the you yoke, really are. On the Tesla yeah. one. On the BMW, oh, on the you've Tesla got yoke. Yeah, yeah. For sure. In fact, on the BMW one, it's easier to find 10 and 2 because there's flat sides to be like that. Those two, those two sides. Right. right. There. That's probably pretty comfortable, actually. But yeah. it's just sort of this funny thing. I like that there's just like, if you look around a vehicle and you think, what can we innovate on here? What can we change that will just give this a slightly more? Oh, oh, how come nobody's ever touched the steering wheel before? The center of safety. Let's mm-hmm. mess with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think because you're seeing it in electric cars and uh and sporty cars because those are higher end. Right. And we, and as we know, with a higher end car, they're going to do more to the design, especially the interior design so that you can show off why you paid so much for it with to your friends, right? It's a status yes. symbol. And Definitely. it makes perfect sense to me that your steering wheel looks cool so that when people get in the car they're like, "Oh, cool steering wheel." Right. Ooh, this must be the new mm-hmm. Model S or a Plaid or the electric blah, blah, right. blah. Yep. I know. I just think it, I also think it is a sign not to over rotate on the Tesla situation, but I do think it's sort of like, you know, when Apple does something, everyone else does it. Like, it seems like it is maybe Tesla. Yeah. That started to bring a slightly different steering wheel to consumer cars. And then BMW was like, all right, we can mess with that a tiny bit. No, I, There's I, probably proof of non-round steering wheels occurring before that. Well, just like there were tablets before the iPad, right. <laughs> you know? Totally. Like, yeah. I think Tesla is a tastemaker in design for cars, yeah. for sure. Yep. Anyway, you can not I like, like it, it or not like it, but I think that's true. I can't. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm into it. Steering wheels that aren't round. Be bold. Yeah. Why not? As long as it doesn't yep. make it harder to drive, then I'm all for it. Well, yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have feedback from you. Thank goodness. In fact, there's one in here that I was like, oh my gosh, I was about to pick that and you beat me to it because you guys are awesome. Uh, Chris wrote in, actually didn't even write in, sent us a voicemail on Mochi Donuts 
who that definitely need to be uh who definitely needs to be the co what does this say chris voice chris, i think you're donuts. saying chris has an awesome voice and needs to co-narrate okay. the show well, let's mm-hmm. hear it for ourselves then yes. hey tom and molly i'm a huge oh, fan yeah. uh been a fan since the BOL days used to listen to you on my way to college uh, i was listening to your most recent episode and your talk about mochi donuts and i can confirm it is a huge thing. I'm out, I'm out here in the LA area and I first heard about them years ago because a coworker brought them to the office from Kings Hawaiian and that started me down the rabbit hole. I found out about, uh, Moto, which I think you mentioned, Tom, and they opened up a, a location in the Mitsuo market uh, in the area I live in. And I think the unique thing about them is that oftentimes a lot of the places I go to, they're made to order. So you can't just walk in and pick them up. You have to order in advance. And they got so popular that you actually had to do it days in advance at some of these locations. And I, you can't just buy one. You have to buy at least six. So this led me uh, down a very dangerous path of ordering and eating six mochi donuts on a weekly basis, which I have since had to stop because of uh, waistline reasons. So uh, I just want to call and say, love the show. And you're 100% correct. Mochi donuts are definitely a thing. Oh, thank you, Chris. That's awesome. Amazing. Uh, I am now going to scour all the Matsua marketplaces in the LA area to find the ones with the moda. Uh, that's amazing. And and now oh. I get it's it's Chris who definitely needs to be the co-narrator along with Remy of the unauthorized It's a Thing book. Definitely. I can yep. see that now. We just got kicked off of our own audio book in favor of Chris and Remy. I mean, and uh, I can't really argue. And with I'm fine that. with that. Here yeah. I am. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're like, wait, who's Remy? Uh, uh, hey, this is Remy. That's him. <laughs> Oh, bless you. Oh, I really, I like today a lot. Mark wrote in <laughs> on car wraps. Hi, Tom and Molly. I didn't hear the first part of your car wraps segment. So when I heard you talking about using vinyl to cover a surface, I thought you were talking about wallpaper. But then you said it was for wrapping your car. And I thought car wraps is wallpaper for cars. <sighs> and that made me laugh. But it is. Then I thought, is wallpaper back? Was it ever gone? Take care, Mark. So, so funny that you should say that, Mark, because yes. Wallpaper is totally back, especially yep. the vinyl kind that you stick on the wall. Can confirm. In fact, I believe you picked it as a thing maybe a couple of years ago. Now. Yeah. Yeah, it was a while. And then I bought some vinyl wallpaper to stick on my wall, and then I decided I didn't like it, but I still have it, and so I have to figure out which wall to stick it on because I'm like, this stuff is super pretty. Yeah, it's Looks a like thing. birch trees. Uh, Maylee, THD, uh, wrote nice. in on vaccine card holders. Hello, Molly, Tom, and Rich. It's time for two things to collide. Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Grogu, and vaccine card holders. I have an embroidery machine and made this for my husband. It's a Grogu-themed vaccine card holder. I made a Harry Potter-themed one for myself. The vaccine card slides behind the plastic and is accessible should we need boosters down the line. We're living on the wild side with our vaccine cards just sitting on our kitchen bar top since January. (laughs) But now they're protected. In style. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I know beautiful. that this is a one of a kind, but I really hope it appears soon on Etsy. Because oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh can can we please? Uh, yeah, adorable. <laughs> we'll we'll pay. We'll pay for we'll adorable pay. vaccinated I am Grogu. That's so beautiful. <laughs> That's awesome. Um Lee Price wrote in on a new board millennial thing. This thing was thing you baiting prior to covid but seems to be bubbling up again as the world reopens adult summer camps what all the throwback camp activities like rope courses and archery with the addition of booze and musicians popping up in the mm. evening 
Lee says, I came across this when I was hoping to see Orville Peck play a show here in Austin, only to realize he was only playing at a summer camp event, and I can't deal with that much millennial-targeted activity at age 41. For bonus points, summer camps that are also sponsored by hard seltzer brands. Oh, of course they are. <laughs> of course they are. Sidebar, if we're organizing the It's a Thing bowl 2022, can we design a bowling shirt to mark the occasion? Oh, okay, yeah. yes, but also can there be like an, a Gen X or Xennial summer camp? Because I'm sorry, we invented that. <sighs> I never went to summer camp. I'm I'm left out of this. I, I'm in the middle. I never went either. Yeah. And I always ran away from the Y camp that I, my mom sent me to the day camp, but still I want to go to grown up summer camp. Now I went to vacation Bible school. Whoa. Yeah. Tell me more <laughs> at the Baptist <laughs> church. Uh, I think Dang. it was a week. It felt like longer, but it was a week uh, of, of your parents not having to take care of you during the summer at the Baptist yes. church. Uh, where it was like fun activities, I'll be honest, as a like, I don't know, seven year old, uh, you know, kid oriented stuff, but then, you know, interweaved with some, some Bible narratives. I don't remember it being particularly heavy handed, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, they, they did try to make it fun Bible learning, but it was themed around Bible learning. I mean, I guess adult summer camp is basically just like sandals. <laughs> it is real. It does sound like sandals, doesn't it? <laughs> Throwback camp it. activities with booze. Oh, right. Sandals. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So a resort. All right. We got to finish with a thing check. Uh, Jeanette needs this. Hi, Tom and Molly. I've really been enjoying your podcast. I'm not so great at keeping up with trends and things. So your show is informative and always entertaining. Oh, thanks, Jeanette. Recently, starting with the Instagram videos of people dancing to that song, Iko Iko Aye, or something like that. Iko Aye. I've noticed a few people on Instagram using the word bestie to refer to either themselves or their friend. Today at the playground in real life, I also heard teenagers calling each other bestie as a nickname. Could totally be a coincidence or just teenagers being teenagers but i'm wondering if this is a trend Mm -hmm, for sure it's a trend as an evolution so bestie used to just be an adjective as in that person is my bestie Mm -hmm. but now bestie is a moniker like you call someone and you're like bestie what are you doing today so i think it sort of replaced bay like bay got uh, kind of chuggy and so now you use bestie instead so uh, it's gone from being a description to a title. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. Right. That's new. Bestie's been That's around new. for a while, but yeah. the usage has changed. So there you go, yep. Jeanette. Yeah. Nice. You, to- you totally nailed it. It is, in fact, a trend. Bestie, this way. That kind of thing. Yeah. Well, Bestie, mm-hmm. should we move on to shout outs? <laughs> Bestie, we totally should. <laughs> and thanks to the patrons who support us at the shout out level, because you give producer Rich a chance to flex his creative genius week after week. Oh, and also you keep the lights on. So thank yeah, you. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, this week's <laughs> shout outs are based on the opening of Thomas Pynchon's Gravity's Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> because of course they are. If you haven't read it, you don't want to. If I didn't know Rich from any other way but his shout outs, I would know that we would have been dear friends in college. Darling, you yeah. too. Love you. Love you. Uh, so glad you're in my life. Get your get your audiobook narrator voice on. You ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ali Price comes across the sky. It has happened before, but there is Kevin Sill to compare it to now. It is too late. The Eric Duncan still proceeds, but he's all theater. There are no lights inside Jake Woods, no light anywhere. Above him lift girders as old as an iron Gabriel Cohen, and glass somewhere far above that would let the light of Joe Hood through. But it's night. 
He's afraid of the way Mike Akins would fall soon. It will be a spectacle. The fall of a crystal Louis St. Amour, but coming down in total blackout without one glint of light. Only great, invisible James C. Smith. <laughs> this has been Audible. It's wow. a thing. Hope you've enjoyed this program. I mean, hopefully we got our jobs back from Chris and Remy. Now nah, we still didn't. No, eh, probably not. Yeah, uh, no, but no uh, a great invisible James C. Smith. Uh, a I've met James C. Smith. Invisible James yeah. C. Smith is amazing. <laughs> it's so amazing. <laughs> there are no lights inside Jake Woods. No light anywhere. Girders old as an iron Gabriel Cohen. <laughs> I mean, this is beautiful. I want to do it like ten times. It's actually beautiful. I, mean, I guess that's a testament to Thomas Pynchon, right? It's like this. It is. Up. Don't be tricked into thinking you want to read this book, yeah. but you might want to read this book, but don't be tricked but maybe anyway patreon.com slash it's a thing is where you can join your fellow patrons should so should you too want to be memorialized in literature song lyrics baseball stats hot dog types the opportunities are endless thanks to all of you who support the show and please keep those things coming feedback at it's a thing dot me see you next week bye Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.